Welcome to Span Reads, not your typical rereads podcast, a 17-chart series where we reread Brandon Sanderson's works and are giant nerds about it. Today, we will be talking about Skyward and the lore. Joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm your writer. Jesse. Hello, I'm Lady Lameness. Eric. Hey, I'm Cass. And I'm Mish, Michelle, or First Rainbow Rose. Uh... This is our warning to viewers and listeners that there will be full spoilers for all Skyward novels, excluding Defiant, and the Skyward Flight novellas from this point forward. So, lore. Lore. Lore in this book is very different to lore in the rest of the book. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> right. Yeah. Which re- really uh, is one of my points that I don't like uh, about the series as a whole, is that discrepancy. But I find the lore in this book to be very fascinating, because we learn a lot about, like, defiant people as they currently are and just a lot of just small things that don't matter except for world building purposes and honestly you could cut a lot of that out and you still have a fairly fleshed out world and fairly fresh fleshed out culture but it just it makes it feel that much more rich which makes me really sad that we lost almost all of it going forward yeah, because like there's a whole bunch of stuff with other caverns and it's just like not explored at all. Like yeah. we just we're just going in a whole different direction. Like there's private shipping between these other places and stuff. And there's even there's even caverns that aren't in the DDF. That's a thing too. Yep. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that I'm, would be cool. There's entire language barriers, which you wouldn't yeah. think would really be a thing, but it just isn't explored at all yeah it's like it's like so cool uh but then we sort of leave it like i always wanted to know more about igneous itself and i yeah. really thought that in star sight or uh going forward from star sight like we would learn more about igneous because surely we have to learn more about like detritus right so we'll learn more about igneous and we still haven't learned more about igneous. Or the mysterious like, apparatus yeah 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 like, it's like get teases about what detritus was originally but like we still don't get yeah more answers about that like yeah it's apparatus it's here don't worry about it we needed it so it they can build starfighters star <laughs> yeah that's it yeah <laughs> that's about it like once they move up into the um the rubble belt basically that that's it for the lower cabins like we don't mm-hmm. get anything else which is just a bit of a shame or even the fact that they have farms at alta base i completely forgot that they farmed at alta base because they don't have to hide it behind that some sort of invisibility cloak <laughs> that they don't use anymore for reasons i i was talking with jess about this because they they cloak alta base in the prologue and jess is like why don't they use the the invis why don't they use that uh, later yeah what? Why don't they use that later? Why don't Ever. they try and make it a smaller version and put it around ships or something so they can send up invisible ships? Don't forget I have the no memory of this. And I know literally yeah, right. Like, I even read it in the prologue until Jess mentioned it to me last night. No recollections. Like, ah, it doesn't matter. Never mind the, like one of the scout ships call signs cloak. <laughs> You know, so like they clearly like know of 
Cloaking is a concept. I mean, cloaks are a thing. I well, will okay, say. sure, 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 sure. But like cloak and dagger. Yeah, like, okay. That's a phrase right. that will exist. But they can hide um, an entire base here, so you know. Well, like I think I I always read that as like also base was much smaller back then. Yeah, and it was just like in like immediate like subsurface caverns. Like it mm. was like more like mundanely disguised. Mm. But. That's but not they, the impression I got, but I'd have to look at the actual quote again. Yeah. It's in the prologue. <laughs> Here's another thing that, like, just barely matters. Chaser and the whole mind control. <laughs> like, you think that would come oh, up yeah. at some point with a bunch of Cytonics around. Nah, nah. The superiority there. They're not aggressive. They wouldn't mind control, except that they totally do that uh, in the well, human it preserve. Wasn't really mind no. control. Yeah, it's like a projector. It was like overlaying like what he was seeing, like taking advantage of like cytonic, like to cytonic, like mental communication of just like overlaying what he was seeing. I'm just saying Which, Spencer isn't even in Mbot and doesn't have the protection. <laughs> right? Like Mbot's uh, the thing that protected her in that situation. To be fair, for like a lot of book two, like all of book two they think that she's a different type of yeah i know yeah like they have no reason to do it against her in yeah. book two it just seemed like such she's a big deal like a in the first alien. Book. yeah 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 it just feels really weird to go from like book one to what five books down the line now with the novellas as well and it's never come up again <laughs> It's sort of like the um the life buster. I'm so pleased that Jancy put a life buster into the mm. novellas because otherwise there'd be no more life busters since book one. And it just feels like that bit of world building that didn't matter anymore. Why are, why are the life busters? Are they hard to make? Shrug. No idea. Like they, they mentioned it several times. Like, I don't know why they just bring one life buster down. Though we do kind of get an answer in that like, I, okay, they aren't trying to destroy the humans. It's just sometimes they feel like they need to. But like, are the life busters hard to do? Like, if you wanted to destroy humanity, you could send like a few life busters down. That would work pretty great. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There was also difficulty with like getting them through the debris field, I think. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, like, I, I don't think there's a harsh cutoff of ships. I don't know. But. <laughs> well, like that is politics. Politics. like why they could only do a hundred like that's politics like um what's the politics like the, well like governmental like bureaucracy it's like okay like you can only like do a hundred ships at a time because like we don't want to exterminate them but like we need to put it on our show of force like i thought there was cytonic reasons that the shielding like you just couldn't send too many drones down no really I like not that I remember, and I just read the book. The DDF thinks that it's just that they can't get more than a hundred past the shell. Yeah, like whatever the superiority thing is different. Yeah, I just thought there was like a cytonic limit, uh, just because the sh like the shell is like shielding. Speaking of the shielding, I have a theory. Mm -hmm. I am very pleased with this theory. Grand Grand's mother, she she teleports them to detritus and. Grand Grand's like, it's too distant and too difficult, and so she died. I think this makes tons of sense given that Detritus, you know, has that shielding, right? And so, like, 
mm-hmm. I guess possible, but like, you know, we know like there's that key, right? Where you can, if you, if you know, you can teleport out. Baron's mother wouldn't have that. So yeah, that, that makes sense that she died. So anyway, that, I, that's the thing that isn't explained, but I think makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. I will again reiterate the Krell are much more threatening in this book than in later books uh pretty dramatically yeah yeah i think that gets into the thresholds of knowledge of like totally once you know like oh like these are just glorified prison guards like they're inherently less scary than like absolutely mysterious aliens coming from above for sure yeah it probably doesn't help as well that like Alanic crashes, but besides that, we immediately jump into a peaceful civilization with, like, aliens that are not harmful or seem to be harmful sure. to mm-hmm. our protagonist. Yeah. So that also kind of takes away from the, oh, the these are people to be scared of. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, there's a scene at, like, the end of this book where she sees, like, the Varvax and is like, it's terrified that she's looking at it. It's like, yeah. oh, it's looking at me. <laughs> Inherently, like, yeah, okay, for sure. Like, why are we afraid of this guy? Yeah. Like, what? You, there was no way to do this to keep that tension up. And I get it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess I just miss it because uh, other reasons why uh, this book feels distinct from the other. Yeah. And like, the Delvers have the same issue. Like, once you know too much That's about true. the Delvers, yeah. like, they're just not as. Scary, like, because, like, this book, like, what are the eyes? Like, oh, what's I going on that there. in this book? Oh, yeah. So, and- something I noticed is in the prologue when the stars come out and they see it, there's uh, the description of their scene as pinpricks of bright light, which is how the Delver eyes are always described as well. And I just really liked that um, comparison between them of something that is like bright and shiny and like baby Spencer is in awe of and then brings such a chilling description later in the book. Like it was just really, really well done. They're so mysterious and malevolent, especially when, yeah, because Mbot says, yeah, don't use wired communication. The, uh, radio will like draw the attention of the eyes and then later you're like, oh, uh, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Well, and then Spencer's comment to Cobb of, I've seen the eyes, and Cobb just immediately is like, oh, oh no. Well, I think part of that's because he's worried about what happened with Chaser, right? Like that's, He, he doesn't know, right. like, they're evil eldritch monstrosity type things. He doesn't know that. Uh, that's fair. So, There's um, also just like the, the misdirection of they think that what happened with Chaser and like the audience thinks it's to do with the crowd, right? Like, he went out there and like it is to do with the crow in a way but it's also being linked in with oh he would talk about hearing the stars he's seeing these eyes which aren't the crow there's something else so the delvers are more in the background for more for most of the book because we're not thinking of them even as this villain and we're focused on the crow and then suddenly they turn up and it's like oh you were there the whole time and we just weren't paying attention. Yeah. Brandon did do a lot of subtle foreshadowing with that, uh, which I, I really like. Oh, here's one weird thing about the Krell that uh, on a reread, I'm like, wait, what? Apparently, 
the Defiant fleet, before they crashed onto Tritus, didn't know what the Krell were? What? <laughs> I mean, like, the Krell, like, weren't, like, an organization then. Yeah, but, like, even if they were peaceful, and even if, <laughs> like, the, the excuse they say is like, oh, interplanetary communications hard at this time, presumably because Delvers, right? wouldn't you at least know it's like yeah i mean there's like a bunch of aliens it's like it's the aliens oh yeah well they they were bombed like very shortly oh, yeah. after they hit down on detritus and they lost like all of their command stuff like almost all of their documentation from the defiant is probably that no but like, like someone didn't have a history to pull back on no yeah. no, no 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 but even no the the line that's <laughs> said is like, maybe that's what the story is now, but, like, Grand Grand said, like, I don't know if it was Grand Grand, it might have been someone else, but, like, someone says it's, like, even before they crashed, they didn't know what the Krell were. It's Grand Grand that says that. Which I is think like, that's just her interpreting, like, what they think the Krell is now is the same thing as then, but we don't know what it is now. Yeah. So they didn't know what it was then. I just think that would, line is a little weird. <laughs> You would think that there would be like at least some sort of verbal. Yeah, the aliens. More There's of, like a bunch of them. Yeah, they, I, I know they got bombed. I'm just, I'm just saying. Why yeah. would you say like, that? I, you I didn't think know that's that? getting into like, yeah, like they knew. Yes, like the Defiant League knew there were aliens out there. Like presumably, like they've been traveling the universe. They didn't know like this organization of like, oh, suddenly like this group of aliens is now like taking over oversight control for all of the humans in the galaxy and like putting them on little preserves it was, it's like if like a group of teenagers like decided to for to form like a police organization and just walked up to you as like you're now under arrest for something somebody over there did it's like yo like we have nothing to do with that i'm I guess where I'm coming from is that line makes the Krell seem extremely mysterious. It's like, wow, we didn't even know what they were back then. I'm like, but, but like, but like how though? <laughs> like, it's not, it's not really that spooky here. Like, yeah, they're aliens uh, and stuff. And yeah, I, I realize that probably the higher ups, they probably knew more and Grand Grand just didn't know. But yeah. It's just one of those lines that feels a bit incongruous with the later series. Like, yeah, makes them right. seem way more evil and malevolent than they absolutely are because they're not. Speaking of the crow being evil and malevolent and like whatever could they be, I enjoyed Embut uh, making the comment about what if they're uh, rogue <laughs> AIs created by the humans? <laughs> it's true. True. But yeah, that's yeah. that's a fun bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because Brandon does really set up like, ooh, there's AI stuff. It's kind of weird. For sure. I like that a lot. Another bit of uh, foreshadowing that Brandon like set this up really well with like Doomsog, I think. And we've already talked about Doomsog. But there's a couple of scenes where Spencer mentions that she can hear fluting. Particularly mm -hmm. when she's in the caverns, which presumably has to be the slugs, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's just really interesting because the whole thing was Jorgen couldn't hear the stars, but he could hear the slugs. And I think Spencer could totally hear the slugs. She just didn't realize she was hearing the slugs, maybe because she was so used to being in those caverns yeah. that they were just yeah. another sound that were meant to be there. 
I mean, she's at such a low cytonic knowledge level in this book. That it's like, yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. yeah. It's really hard to be like, oh, yeah, Spencer has learned so much since then. But yeah, it has to be the slugs and detritus and like all the stuff yeah. with mushrooms and the empty box in Mbot's uh, yeah. hyperdrive yeah. and Doomslug yeah. chilling around. Uh, I thought I thought all that foreshadowing was really nicely done. Yes. It's a very cool moment of where there's obviously a biological component to hyperspace travel. Like, presumably, there was a slug in that little compartment at some point. Yeah. Something that, like, I feel like isn't super delved into well is that, like, in that scene, <laughs> like, <Sorry>. Spencer <laughs> provides the biological component. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the interface there? Magic. <laughs> well, yes. Because, like, the way, like, hyperdrives are, are described later on, it's, oh, like, there's a screen in there. That's, like, you put something on the screen to scare the slug and, like, co yeah. give the slug coordinates. But, like, that doesn't seem to be how it works here, mm -hmm. personally. You're going like, to like, don't something... do that, though. So it's probably however they do it. Like, it's just different when you're a humanoid-ish cytonic. Versus a slug. Yeah. But like, th there's like mechanical cytonic hyperdrive is online as she's starting to integrate. It's like the mechanical side can figure that out. I'm like, how? Because like, this is also a thing like in Defending Elysium where there's is a like mechanical side to cytonic. There is like technical infrastructure for like the the fast communication on earth there's just a guy in the room like powering it but there's like machines handling a lot of like, the switchboards and like that's something i feel like most of the series doesn't really engage with Not it's, like, it's very focused on like people have like psionic powers but i was always interested in like the technological component yeah but how the slug tech exactly works We'll talk about it in Star Science. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Like, I feel like there just must be something where there's some mental to like technical interface or something that lets your like mind sort of integrate with it, kind of. And like, it lets the slug's mind kind of integrate with it yeah. somehow. It's all very loosey goosey <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. Error on the side of awesome. Yeah. It's like, it's magic. I try not to. I have another technological bone to pick, yeah. which is Mbot having the same basic technological, like in terms of like combat abilities, it's the same as the DDF has. Like there's light lines, disruptors, there's like light light lands, and then there's the IMF or IMP. IMP. Okay, I guess like so like she can translate the skills she's learning in flight school to Mbot, but like very convenient for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think if um the DDF had crashed there closer to an Mbot had crashed there, it would make a bit more sense mm -hmm. because they could be stuck using the same schematics as from when they crashed, right? But mm -hmm. that was like a hundred years between Mbot crashing and the DDF crashing. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Mbot's meant to be more superior as well. So... Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what's going on with the human tech level, honestly. That I can somewhat 
believe if like, Mbop was like kind of like top of the line, like like he's a stealth fighter, like stealth fighters like are always like the most advanced thing like in a fleet. That's just how it works because you want to keep that that stuff secret. Yeah, it's just interesting and how like, much better Mbop like, is. The Defiant, it's like supplement ship could have been older and they're just like going off of old designs. But it, it, it is a little weird. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's especially weird when it's like, I mean, did Mbot crash like second human war? Because like the third human war was that last one that the Defiant was not in, but then was roped into and left. Right. So I just don't. <laughs> The timeline. This, what is going I on? I think we have an answer for that, but really? it's from like Cytonic. Okay. I think he crashes at like, it's either the end of the second human war or okay. like the start of the third. You know, Rosal would probably Wait, know. She, she absolutely would for sure. <laughs> if there's an answer, she would know. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with the human tech levels. It's like, why is Mbot? If Mbot's older, like the DDF were using the schematics that they had that remained after the explosion, right? That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just you just think that some some of that tech would come down if it was like second human war to third, but maybe like a lot I, of the I, human stuff got destroyed in the second human war. I don't know. I feel like that's getting into like humans aren't a monolith yeah that's true like that's there's true. not like a singular like human empire because like the defiance were off doing their own thing like they were not involved with yeah the yeah yeah that's true they're mercenaries so, like, apparently which is crazy yeah part yeah. mercenary fleet i don't know i i i i need more detail about the, the humans and things because we don't get a lot of them which is fine it's yeah. mysterious but it, it is very convenient how uh similar Mbot is and how functional Mbot can be with that booster off of Poco. <laughs> Let's be honest. I was yeah. like, this is suspending my disbelief a little bit that like Mbot can be so fast off of just one booster that a Poco can. But you know, atmospheric scoops and stuff, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. Uh, it would have had to be the second human war, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Because he crashed 172 years before. Mm-hmm. And the third human war was approximately a hundred years before, or at least like the Defiant crashed at the end of the third war. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those wars are closer than I remember. Yeah, I always assumed like second human war was uh, when Detritus existed and like the shells were being built. That whole experiment thing. Um, yeah, the second ones where they get um, crushed by Delvers, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because that has to be the case because the the Defiant was like oh yeah here's this dead wreckage it's been dead for a long time right so why did mbot and his captain go there that's why it's my question like obviously like it was there to like find slugs yeah like the timeline of like how long after like detritus was like destroyed did mbot crash like because like it might have been like we lost contact with detritus or whatever it was called back then it's like they send a ship there and that's mbot so it's like the, mm. those could actually happen fairly close to each other if they're both second human war mm. yeah i don't know i don't think we're ever going to get any answers for this at all ever live stream questions yeah. oh yeah brandon totally is great for intricate live <laughs> uh, 
intricate timeline <laughs> questions on live streams. He's like, oh, yeah, mm, I'll have to look into that. Uh -huh. <laughs> and those are definitely the questions that would end up being asked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have any other lore comments other than this book's really good. And uh, Brandon did do a really good job with the lore here and setting things yeah. up yeah. later. The lore continuity is there. Okay. Thank you for watching. You can find us at 17thshard.com for all the news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever want. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can subscribe on YouTube. And you can support us on Patreon. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.